It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans, classmates alike? Lax Class is now in session episode 101. We start calling them classes, maybe. Class number 101 is now in session. It's Jake Kelly. It's Brad Schoener with you for another episode of Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Bradley, what's going on? Uh, happy Thanksgiving and happy Indigenous Peoples Day, which is a little bit ironic right off the top that these two days fall on the same day. But uh, how's it going? How was your weekend? I know you were up traveling to the interior, had a long road back. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Indeed. Uh, thank you, my friend. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy uh, Indigenous Peoples Day, which I think is now definitely in the U.S. Um, you know, it, in the U.S. right now, it's it's Columbus Day. It's not a holiday. It's Columbus Day. And it's now being overshadowed and be sort of being taken over and for the right reasons as Indigenous Peoples Day here in Canada. We've got a day off. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a week off. We get the Monday off. So bellies are full. Hearts are full. Yeah, I did duck over into the the South Okanagan, Oliver, BC, the Similkameen oh, yes. Valley, if you will. And, you know, it's beautiful. It's just the weather's nice there. It's in like an extended, it wasn't summery weather, but it, the sun was shining. So we're able to get outside a little bit and poke around wineries and breweries and, and just be thankful for this great nation that we live in, man. So nice to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Lots to be thankful for. And and like I said, uh, the fact that Indigenous Peoples Day is falling on Canadian Thanksgiving, of course, American Thanksgiving comes up a little bit later, but the fact it falls on Columbus Day is, is no um, coincidence. So I kind of want to save this because we're going to talk about it in something else a little bit later with our good friend Jim Els, who will deliver another editorial a little bit later in the program but we will have the commissioner of the bc junior a lacrosse league we kind of alluded to it last week brad that we were going to kind of dive into this situation that's happening not only in in bc but ontario calgary as well at the cla level with age limit changes and proposals and and minor and major and votes going on agms happening so lots to talk about with the commission who will rejoin us here on Lax Class. Carl Christensen will come up in, I want to say, about 45 minutes from now. And and full disclosure here, before we get into who we had, uh, Quick Sticks coming up, of course, as well. And, and uh, we're not going to have who you got this week because our tournament has come to a close. And before we kind of announce the winner and all that sort of stuff, full disclosure here, we were... I efforted the champion's widow, uh, who was Jackie McMichael. So let's just get this out here. 620 votes here, Bradley. Psycho, Scotty Psycho McMichael has won the toughest, the best lacrosse fighter of all time tournament here uh, as he takes out Rory Smith in the final. So I thought, we can't obviously talk to Scotty because he is no longer with us. Uh, God rest his soul. Rest in peace, Scotty McMichael. But I figure, well, let's let's get the next best thing on here and get his widower in, in Jackie McMichael, who is, of course, the mother of former NLLer Mitch McMichael and, and mother of Ryan McMichael, Uncle Frick, if you will, as well. 
Talked to Jackie. She was up for it, and then I think uh, emotions kind of got the better of her a little bit, and, and she decided that she just couldn't go down memory lane. It was going to get a little too emotional, a little too close to the heart for her, and and she, she kind of backed out, which I totally respect and understand and get. So next best thing, we're going to get Uncle Frick on the line here in about 20 minutes from now, maybe 15 or so. And we'll let Ryan talk about his uh, late great dad, Scotty McMichael, who is now the champion of the best lacrosse fighter of all time as he just punched his way right to a championship here. 620 votes for the final. And what was the final percentage? 50, it was close. It was pretty close. 54% uh, the, the winning percentage there. I can't remember what our percentages were, Brad. Do you? I'll have to go back and listen to episode 100. Rewind the tape, but no, and and I think we kind of predicted what the final was going to look like. Scotty McMichael against Rory Smith. Mimical came out to vote in support of the Mimical Mahler Rory Smith, but Scotty McMichael, we kind of knew. I talked to some of the old dogs early in this tournament that he was sort of the front runner here, best fighter they ever saw, toughest opponent they ever played against, heart and soul, uh, Canadian lacrosse Hall of Famer, and yeah, unfortunately. Um, passed away of leukemia 23 years ago back in 1997 when when Mitch and Ryan were just were just young boys so we'll, we'll talk to Ryan about that and what kind of impact uh, his dad left but clearly left a massive impact because the lacrosse world still talking about him 23 years after his passing anointing him the greatest fighter of all time so, yeah and, and a guy that something, something to be said something to be said about his his character there there's still uh there's a Scotty McMichael Knight in in Brooklyn. Every year, uh, they hold a major series game in his honor. So they stay st- still a legend in those parts for sure. So we'll tell a little bit of his story and let you guys know why uh, why he's such a legend as well. Yeah, absolutely. And war number 23 apropos as well. And uh, man, it's unfortunate that there's really no game tape or film of his handiwork with his gloves off because the stories are absolutely legendary. And, and I never saw, got a chance to see him go. I was, you know, I wasn't hanging around Queens Park when he came out here and I want to say 86 or something for the Man Cup. And I didn't get to witness that. And of course, you weren't, you weren't finding anything on YouTube or anything, but uh, man, did the Durham region, and, and they did the same thing for the Green Gales and the greatest team of all time. They came out in droves. This thing was 50-50 for days and days, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, and the whole region just got behind them, and people came out of the woodwork to, to vote. And speaking of that, uh, a big congratulations is going out to our boy Blake Milton. Check this out, Brad. Blake Milton nailed the percentage with 54 and came just 20 votes under what was the total 54% and 600 votes is what Blake Milton predicted. And it was 620 and 54%. So well done to Blake Milton who was in, got it done. And uh, I'm waiting for a message from Blake. I'm going to ship that t-shirt and hat off to him. So congratulations uh, to Blake Milton, who I know is a dedicated listener here at lacrosse classified. Thanks. Congrats, Blake. Thanks for listening, buddy. Absolutely. So Ryan McMichael coming up here. Carl Christensen shortly after that. And and then uh, Quick Stick something else, and we'll wrap things up. We've been pounding out like an hour and a half over the last couple of episodes here. So it being a, a holiday for you, I know you've had a long day of travel. Um, 
this is a bit of a weird time for me because we normally like we either record in the morning or like early afternoon. And right now we are recording at like seven o'clock at night, which just feels very odd to me to begin with. I, yeah, it's going to be a different vibe tonight. I just finished my second Thanksgiving dinner. So we had one, we had one in Oliver and then jumped on the highway today, came home straight to my parents' house to have a second Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm winding down from that now so yep. like i said earlier bellies are full hearts are full tonight was roast it was turkey okay on, i was gonna uh, ask how did night there. Yeah, so man. we we mixed it we mixed it up at least it was two sort of different style dinners um how about you did you get together with the family uh no i had, I had daniel over uh on on the weekend and we had a nice weekend we took a little trip around uh monday park she had never been been through the park in my hometown so we we did a lap around there and then uh kind of just chilled out on sunday but uh, I had I had my daughter over last night, and I had uh, her her mother actually sent home some some leftovers uh, with with her to to enjoy, and and Daniel made a nice ham on Saturday night. So I did okay food wise. I still have some some pumpkin pie left over, which uh, can be a dangerous thing. But anytime that I that I feel like I man, I don't feel like working out like today. I was kind of like, oh, it's holiday Monday. I like it, and then I just step on the scale, and then instantly I'm off to the living room and, and picking up a kettlebell because I just uh, I don't want things to get away from me. That a boy. That's that's what you need to do. I'm on the. Uh, I've been laughing all weekend because my wife and I are like, okay, eating healthy starting <laughs> now. No more drinking starting yeah. now. Okay, no, no, starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. So I'm on. Yeah, I'm back to starting now again. I'm sipping tea right now. There's no more booze going this weekend. Okay. And hopefully we can we can fly straight for the next little bit here. Well, good luck. Uh, good luck with that, man. Uh, I think uh, we should probably wrap up quarter number one, but not before I tell you from our good friends at Stampede Tack and Western Wear with the Canadian Thanksgiving here this weekend. They are grateful and thankful for much of all of you guys that are listening to the podcast here. And despite all the challenges that we faced here in 2020, the creator's game brings us closer together each week right here on Lax Class. So what they're going to do here for, for Lax Class listeners and Stampede customers, offering you $25 off your next online order of $100 or more, just enter the promo code LAXCLASS. This is good through October the 18th. Save yourself 25 bucks. Go to stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. It's open 24-7 online there on the World Wide Web. I hear it's pretty popular. Or you can head out to Cloverdale at the corner of number 10 highway and 180th since 1966. Stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. Big thanks to them for continuing to support and sponsor the podcast. Use that promo code LAXCLASS up until October the 8th. The winner of the best lacrosse fighter of all time was one Scotty Psycho McMichael. We're going to talk to his firstborn son, Ryan Uncle Frick McMichael, coming up next here in episode 101 of Lax Class. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Dan Lomas from the New York Riptide. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box cross. 
Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second quarter we go of episode 101. Jake Elliott, Brad Chowner with you. Just heard from the good friends down there in Coquitlam, Associated Labels and Packaging. Sean Ashworth, Tosh Nishimir, and the gang at Associated LP, as in Labels and Packaging, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned for over 40 years by the Ashworth family. Check out their website, AssociatedLP.com. They're always updating their blog on their latest technology and news. It's quite an interesting read, I must say. Speaking of interesting, uh, this could be an interesting conversation with our next guest here. It is the firstborn child of our winner of the best lacrosse fighter of all time tournament, Scotty McMichael. His son, Ryan McMichael now joining us on the podcast. Welcome to Lax Class, Uncle Frick. <laughs> Boys, how are you? Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, man. Uh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. How are you? I know you're up uh, in Bob Cajun Cottage Country right now, uh, having, a, having a couple of days up there. How's all that going? Oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful up here. And uh, just enjoy nice northern Ontario. Not really northern Ontario, but northeastern Ontario there and in, in the fall, it's a it, it, beautiful time of year up here. That cottage Wi-Fi is kicking in and out, so yeah. we'll, we'll let you know. We'll let you know if we lose you in, in a second here, Ryan. But hey, man, first of all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. congrats to the family. I know that uh, I don't think it was ever any doubt in your mind, and a lot of the people that we spoke to during this tournament, dude, um, it wasn't a doubt in anybody else's mind either. But it's now been anointed through the lacrosse classified Twitter fans that. Your dad, Scotty McMichael, is the greatest lacrosse fighter of all time. And unfortunately, he passed away 23 years ago. Um, but, you know, for, there's not, Gemma and I were just talking, there's not a lot of footage out there of him. What, what kind of legacy um, did he leave for, for you and your brother to carry forward through all these years? He, he, like, the thing with Scotty was is that he, like, he could play any sport that he wanted to, too, right? Like, he was, he was a lot more than, than just... Uh, just a fighter like when he, he played hockey he put up <clears throat> excuse me put up numerous rounds of points he played in portland belleville peterborough and then same with lacrosse right if you, you look up his junior stats in, in lacrosse and scarborough there, like yeah there's a lot of fights and a different era jumbo knows that as well right but there's also a lot of points there and and the thing with scotty was that he he would just really do whatever whatever he had to do to to, to be on a team and, and to get on that team right so well, when Pete called him and asked him to come up to the red there after he took a couple of years off trying to make a, trying to make a hockey run, it's, you know, Pete wanted to get the red a little bit tougher. And he said to Scotty, hey, you know, this is what we want you to do. And, you know, the, the rest is pretty much history, right? Uh, speaking of, of Peter Vipon, of course, and the Brooklyn Lacrosse Club, when, when Ryan refers to the red, he refuses to, to change on that, uh, even though that the moniker has changed. And, and full disclosure, and I told you this as well, Ryan, that we actually tried to get your mom, Jackie, on the podcast, and she agreed, and then she kind of backed out because she was just worried about getting a little too emotional. But uh, talking with her for a little bit about Scotty and, and some of the stories, she had a couple of beauties that she she swore me to secrecy that I cannot bring up on on the podcast here, but maybe you can bring up a, a favorite memory or two of, of watching your dad. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a fight, Ryan, but just what do you remember most about watching your dad? No matter where we went, there was at least a handful of people that knew him and wanted to talk to him, right? It's like we, we could have gone anywhere in Ontario, any kind of hockey rink, lacrosse rink, 
whatever it was and somebody wanted to talk to him but we, we would go into Luther Vipond on on a Wednesday night and uh it's just like <clears throat> before the game well while he was in warm-up it, it's I don't know a lot of people that would listen to this might not have been to Luther Vipond but you're lucky if you're fitting 500 people in there comfortably and Wednesday night you're getting probably 700 people just sitting there banging the boards yelling Scotty 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 right so that's kind of cool being the a five to what does it say 12 year old kid you know your dad your dad's pretty much a kind of like a superhero in in everybody's eyes and you know you just kind of you kind of carry that carry that with you wherever you go talk about um the bracket that you saw right i know you're paying close attention but you know anybody on that list that you think uh what gotta be his first matchup gotta get his first matchup anybody on that list would have given him a good run for his money or what <laughs> the, the the first one was the hardest one for him to get through, wasn't it? Jumbo? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, yeah, a lot of I votes. That, that, a lot of votes. That was the, that, that was the closest one. That was a lot of votes. One, yeah. No, we uh, we we had we had a good social media team over here in in, in Whippy trying to make a good push oh for my that goodness. one. And, and you know, <laughs> you know, I did that intentionally, matching me up against him in the opening round. And and man, like I gotta say, I you tell me what it is, oh, yeah. Ryan, that. You know, we, we did the, the greatest team of all time, and the Oshawa Green Gales came yeah. out on top of that. We do the best fighter of all time, and not that he wasn't a deserving winner, but the fact that the whole Durham region, like Oshawa, Whitby, Brooklyn, like I can't even count up the amount of different people that were coming out of the woodwork and teams and accounts. Like it was crazy the amount of groundswell and support that, that your dad got when it comes to, to people voting. And, and like the, the best part was is, is that like we we had a good push from the from the Oshawa minor lacrosse there, and then they weren't even around when Scotty was around playing. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's just like the walking legacy that that man left, and and, and the stories that you hear. And, and uh, we went down to Champs in Peterborough just for a, just for a quick drink, and uh, you know I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, hey, like you know, like, are you a lacrosse guy by chance? And he goes, no, I'm a I'm a hockey guy. And I'm gonna go right on. He goes, yeah, I played this with with, with this Michael. And I just kind of look over, like, of all the places in the world, and I champs in Peterborough, and, you know, somebody happens just to know who my dad is, right? So, yeah. you know, just like, like – But that's awesome. But, yeah. And, you know, a former former hockey player as well and a good hockey player at, at Peterborough, Pete, and, and that's kind of where he and your mom met uh, was, was with him playing hockey, and I guess the rest is history after that. Uh, tell me yeah. – I kind of been keeping tabs on you. I know you're out here for, for a while, and, and you had hopes of, of coaching with Nanaimo and the junior team this year. If obviously, COVID shut that down, and you decided to head back home. But tell me yeah. what, you're, what you're up to now, and, and uh, how's Mitchell doing? I, I mean, he's not a social media guy, but uh, I know you're close with your brother. How's Mitch doing? Mitch, Mitch is good. Uh, they're, you know, they're living the life down, down in the big smoke down in Toronto. Uh, him and his beautiful wife and his, his soon to be model son. I can only wait for that. Uh, Lachlan <laughs> there, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. Uh, you know, Lachlan's just getting back into, back into daycare a couple days a week. I think, uh, Mitch, Jessica, you know, just like everybody else, pretty much working from home these days and, you know, just try and get down there as much as possible. But Ontario numbers are going through the roof again. So, you know, it's kind of kind of hard to begin their traveling. And with Lachlan just being a young fellow, you know, Mitch, Mitch and Jess are pretty pretty guarded on, on who gets to see him. Sure. And, and, and when they get to see him, and, you know, you can't, you can't get too mad at that, right? So he's kind of pick your spots. And 
and then you play play the field, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's definitely been a, a crazy time, Ryan. We're going to let you go uh, and, and battle that Wi-Fi in cottage country. I appreciate uh, you making a little time for us here on Lax Class. Congratulations to to you and your family and, and of course, your dad, Scotty, for, for winning the best lacrosse fighter of all time tournament. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be back out here in the West before I know it, and we'll see each other soon. Right on, boys. Thanks a lot for having me, and uh, thanks to everybody for voting. And you guys are doing a great job, you know, promoting the game of lacrosse and all that stuff. So keep up the good work. Hey, Brad, I'll send you that 20 bucks as soon as I can. Yes, we didn't even bring that up. Hey, Glad one you more. Didn't forget, my friend. Glad you, you, you brought you, it up. You, you knew the mayor of the Flatlands was going to bring it up, okay? They're counting their pennies out there. Oh, so. man. Uh, one more thing here, Ryan, before we let you go. I know yeah. Lacrosse Savage brought you on board, and of course, our Lacrosse yeah. Classified t shirts are on sale courtesy of those guys in the lacrosse flash team store so uh tell me tell me quickly about lacrosse savage and what you got going there so oh we we uh slash locks have you know we got a got good 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 website going on uh, a bunch of t-shirts we got team team sales uh me scott tinning fred roymans you know we're trying to hit up as can't too much these days but trying to hit up as many tournaments as we can when when everything gets back to normal um, we had the all, all candidate games there a couple weeks ago, which was, you know, a huge success for us because we haven't been able to do much, but, you know, with our journey to try and get a good social media push here and, you know, keep an eye out for us. Cause once, uh, once lacrosse gets back together, I think we're going to try and put a little pro team together and, and launch some new items. So keep an eye out on the store and all the, all the social media. Apps, all right. One more. I, I lied to you. I got one more and, and I, I got to ask this because somebody asked me to ask, what the hell does Uncle Frick mean? You know what? I, I wish I could answer that for you, man. All right. Um, <laughs> if you know, what about, okay. what about so, Trip so, McNeely? What does Trip okay, McNeely trip, mean? Trip, trip McNeely started, I was playing in uh, in Peterborough, and it was it was a long night. We were at, um, I don't know, like an all-day breakfast spot, and it was early, and, you know, we had the rally caps on. I right? was trying to... <laughs> Trying to get her going. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We had, and then so he he goes, you know, you look like this guy in a movie named Trip McNeely. Okay, long story short, we're out in Coquitlam. It's me, Scott Tanning, and another long night, and we got the rally caps on. And he goes, you know what? I'm just changing your name. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're not Trip anymore. You're Frick. <laughs> so then when I came back home to Whippy, <laughs> Dyson Williams. It just uh, turned into Uncle Frick. I, okay. I don't know. Okay. Where. Okay. The evolution of a nickname, Jake. You got to know how it is. <laughs> hey, every legend has a good nickname. There you Ryan. go. Appreciate being on the show, buddy. <laughs> All right. Back to back to whatever you're doing, Ryan. Uh, appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Congratulations. Thank, thanks, boys. Have a good talk soon, right. buddy. There he was, uh, Trip McNeely, Uncle Frick, Ryan McMichael, Scotty's son. Call him what you want, Brad. He's been called a lot of things over the years, but uh, good dude, and and uh, I know he's fired up about his dad winning. Yeah, I'll call him. I'll call him passionate for sure, and a big friend of the show, and a big fan of the game. You know, no matter how he goes about doing it, this guy is a he's a lacrosse lifer, and he wears his heart and his takes on his sleeve. So it's great to have uh, people like that around. And man, we talk a lot about legacy. And, you know, there's his, there's his brother, Mitch, who's this, also the son of Scotty McMichael, who goes on to a, a, pro, a pro career and put a decent couple of years up for the Vancouver Stealth. I know Doug Locker took a flyer on him, drafting him uh, pretty late. But, yeah. you know, Cornell educated, took face-offs for the Stealth for a couple of years. And he talked a lot about his dad, too, and how he just wanted to sort of emulate that that toughness and being a pain in the ass to play against. And Mitch definitely was. And, and Ryan sure as hell is, if you ever see your... <laughs> Or play against him, right? so 
No, yeah, and that's that's how this game evolves, man. Is fathers passing it down to sons, and sons passing it down to daughters, or whatever. But um, Scotty McMichael had definitely left the legacy, and his kids are, are still carrying the torch. So, well, there you go. Uh, the best lacrosse fighter tournament of all time has officially come to a close. I think we're going to shelve tournaments for a while. That was a long few months of of kind of brackets and, and tournaments and draws and stuff. So, uh, we, again, I told you this like a week ago. we got to brainstorm. we got to come up with some new ideas, and uh, we'll do that leading into episode 102. We're going to take a quick break here in episode 101, and we're going to come back with the commissioner of the BC Junior A Lacrosse League, Commissioner Carl Christensen, joins us next year. 101 Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, back after this. Hi, Meryl from the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box cross. Welcome back to Lax Class into quarter number three we go, I think, anyways. Uh, we had the first one, then we had Ryan McMichael, quarter two. Now joined by the commissioner of the BC Junior A Lacrosse League. It's a good friend of mine, good friend of the program. Uh, I don't know how many times you've been on Lax Class now. It's been a couple at least. Carl yeah. Christensen back on Lax Class. Welcome back, commissioner. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on today. Uh, it's we, usually it's yeah. usually always when there is um, <laughs> you know <laughs> something heavy to talk about. Bit of a cluster going on in the lacrosse world. That's usually when we talk to Carl. But no, we always appreciate you having the time to uh, to answer some of the tough questions, Carl, because there's never a shortage of issues that come up, especially when we have a long off season and uh, people turning over kind of every stone right now to try to improve the game. Um, How has your off season been going without a summer in the junior A lacrosse league? Has there been an off season for me? (laughs) Um, You know, it's been different. I think that uh, from a junior A lacrosse perspective and from a lacrosse perspective, we've really had uh, a a different summer and going into the fall, uh, the junior A league that I'm that I work with, obviously um, we've been doing a lot of planning for the future. Um, so when, when we started this uh, pandemic and COVID hit, one of the things that we decided as a league we needed to do was look to the future. And we started to do a three-year programming plan. So we've been working on that over the last uh, 16 weeks. And uh, it's coming to an accumulation of us going over and reviewing everything we've talked about and what we need to do to better the game, get fans in the stands. As we say, we always want to get the fans back in the stands when we're able to but just promote the game of lacrosse, not just at the junior A level, but all levels of lacrosse, including the junior lacrosse in British Columbia. Can you shed a little bit of light on what sort of initiatives you've been working on for that three-year plan? Like how do you plan to execute some of the things that you've talked about? Yeah, we're not quite at the final stages, Jake, but what we have looked at is obviously sponsorship within our league, marketing our players in a much better way, creating a schedule that allows our elite athletes to be playing during the regular season and not at the end of the season. Um, and improving our officiating. We looked at those as some of the main points we want to work on and coming up with some plans and working on those plans to put them into place in stages, obviously, because it's a three-year plan, but being able to stage it in a way that's going to help the league grow and, and be, 
become more popular with the fan base. Speaking with the commissioner of the BC Junior A Lacrosse League, Carl Christensen. All right, Carl, uh, this is normally the time that AGMs happen with with provincial organizations. I know Ontario's having their big one coming up here and. Normally, uh, we're up in Whistler having a cocktail or two and, and rubbing elbows, but that's not going to happen this year. So I'm not sure what the plan is. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a virtual one for the BC uh, LA. But all this going on has has prompted a lot of discussion on age eligibility, and it and it started with minor trying to extend the minor age and up to 17 it's talked about in junior extending the junior age up to 22 uh there's been options bandied about giving 17 year olds the option of playing one or the other making this a permanent decision making it a one-year decision for me carl i look at it like this no matter which way you want to slice the pie Somebody is going to get screwed in this decision, whichever way it goes. And the second part of that for me is if COVID never happened, would any of this be even on the table for discussion? So I guess for me is why are we trying to reinvent the wheel right now because of a pandemic? somebody's going to miss out on this. I get it. It sucks to miss out on your last year of minor lacrosse. It sucks to miss out on your final year of junior. But in a, in a world we're living in, in a pandemic, it sucks for everybody, and everybody's dealing with something. So try and explain to me why this is happening and what what where is this all going? So let me start with what I know has happened in BC, Jake. I think that's that that's what we can help you out with a little bit. Okay. Um, it's always been, and let me go back two years, first of all. So two years ago um, at the BCLA AGM, the age group of intermediate, which is 17, 18 year olds, you coached in that age group. I've coached in that age group before. It was a great league, but we found that our junior leagues, not just the junior A league, but junior leagues in BC were not competing with the Ontarios and the, as, as well as we could. So that change was made and we went from uh, 19 to 21 we went to 17 to 21 creating a five-year junior age group which was unilateral across the country and and the right move to go i but we were clamoring for that for a decade before it happened absolutely and one of the tough parts was we recognized that there are junior tier one and tier two leagues that may have become decimated if they didn't have that opportunity to get those players playing in tier two and up into tier one as well we knew that leagues were in trouble with registration so we put forward and we supported um, the gentleman who put forward the motions and stuff as a league. As, we, as we've moved across now, um, this past May at the CLA AGM, uh, the BC Lacrosse Association, not the Junior A League, but the BC Lacrosse Association put forward a motion to change the age group of midget to include U17 or 17-year-olds. Now, can I stop you here for a second, Carl? Yeah. Because the, so I want people to be clear on this. This was the B, this was a BCLA initiative or, or a proposal put forward, and I don't know how that works at the BCLA office on, on whether it's one person or a committee or, or whatever, but for me, that this is a little bit concerning as well in a long-term vision was the data there to to support this initiative or was this kind of going like I don't like I don't where did why did this idea pop up um 
I wasn't involved in the process. Obviously, I, I work with the junior A league and I work with the senior directorate and other junior leagues involved. Um, so I can't say what the initiative was. I believe that the initiative, and this is my opinion from what I've heard, is the initiative was there is a feeling we were losing players at the age of 17 that didn't want to play junior lacrosse. Or was it, sorry, Carl, and, and I may do this a couple of times here, because I've also heard that there was concern that it wasn't the 17, 18-year-olds that you were going to lose into junior. It was those young players that were coming into junior that were going to push out the 19 and 20-year-olds out of playing lacrosse. I don't know that they were, yeah, I don't know if they were pushing them out, Jake. I think we have some evidence that would support the fact that players at 19 were moving out of the leagues and were stopping playing. But we have to remember at 19 years old, a player is graduating from, has graduated from high school. They're starting college. They've got new jobs. They may have a girlfriend or, you know, lots of things going on in their lives. And sometimes sport is what they give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, the, the, proposal in its efforts originally they were looking at supporting kids and they felt that there was a dropout at that 17 but i think that we've been able to look at the numbers um deeper and see that it wasn't necessarily the 17 year olds that were dropping out it was at a higher age group and yes 17 year olds may have been pushing some players out um but i don't think that they were pushing whole teams out and i think that's where the difference is is the numbers were probably 35 to 40 players a year which might be one team, but that's across the province. Yeah. It's not just in the lower no. mainland. It's not just on the island or the interior. And sorry, Brad, I don't mean to dominate this this interview here, but one more for me before I let you jump in. And, and that is, it's not so much the Junior A franchises that are going to be affected by this change the most. It's the Tier 2, the t- Junior B, essentially, Junior C, essentially, that – is the cause for concern and not having enough teams for players that don't make junior A to go play in. Example being, a kid doesn't make Poco junior A that lives in Poco. Is he going to want to go play tier two out in Semiamu if that's the only place he can go? And that's, I think, the concern where you're seeing the drop-off is kids going, man, I'm not playing junior A. Do I want to drive 45 minutes to go practice on a, on a tier two team? Am I, yep. am I right? Am I on the right path there? I'm Jake. I'm going to, I'm going to date you and I for a second, put us back a few years. Think to 1991. Yeah. 1991. Where were we playing together? Port Moody Express, baby. Port Moody Express Junior B. We played many games when we only had 12 or 13 guys. And I, and Hey, like, listen, Carl, for a guy that's gone on in a life of lacrosse, like yourself, there was a time during that season where I thought, what the hell am I doing down here? And J- Junior B was a lot different back then than it is now. But I, I was very close to walking away from lacrosse before I got called back up to Junior A. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that's part of the problem is they're what they're, we're looking at it from a holistic perspective of every level of junior lacrosse and how this can affect it. So, so let me go back to the proposal back in May went to the CLA, the CLA voted on it. Um, there wasn't a lot of discussion. Uh, there was no discussion with the junior A league on our opinion on the, on the change. Um, there wasn't a lot of discussion I'm aware of. And why is that? I, Sorry. Uh, I, you know, I think that they felt they talked to the right, the right partners um, at that time. I can't say, I think that the communication is much better than what it was at that point. Okay. Um, we've had a really good conversation with the president of the BC lacrosse association 
Um, we have um, just recently voted in a new chair of the senior directorate in Dave Wilkie, who was the president of the junior, uh, junior beach year one league um, and communication is key. And this is what I've said is if everybody's on the same page, we can have conversation and figure out what's right. Um, so when that motion went through and it was passed at the CLA level, that made some real changes uh, potentially for our league, for junior B tier one and for junior B tier two. And for junior B tier two, we had a fear that there could be no league this year in 2020 or in 2021 now. So what Ontario has decided to do, the Ontario Junior A League is saying, and I know CLA hasn't approved it yet, but the OLA is saying we're going to, uh, we're going to. Not 17. the OLA, Brad. The Ontario Junior Lacrosse League. Ontario Junior Lacrosse League, which is in now a new, yeah. The Ontario Junior Lacrosse League saying, no, we're going to go, we're going to extend to to 22. We'll do 17 to, we'll do 17 to 22, which is now going to affect BC, who is not going to fall in line to that right now. But you know, they're stating scientific studies that they want to align with the college season and have their college grads. Um, coming back and, and graduating junior lacrosse the same year, they were retiring retiring with an NCAA entering the NLL draft at the same time. And, you know, we all want to pull on the same rope here, but if Ontario goes ahead and does this and BC does not, then what? Well, I mean, we still fall under the CLA rules for the national championship Minto cup. So if you're not playing with a U21 team, uh, you won't be eligible for the Minto. And cup is that part of the reason why you guys have not, gone that direction Carl I mean um, I, I, that to me that seems like a pretty hollow way to win a championship without yeah, Ontario involved I would, and I, I get that they're doing their own thing and and you're not just going to capitulate and do whatever Ontario's doing because that's what they're doing yeah but it's not a true test of a, a junior a championship if Ontario is not involved absolutely I think what we have what I would say Jake is from the beginning we've always supported a five-year program in BC um, 17 to 21 feels more natural for us because that's the age group it's been the last two years. And the governors, although we did originally support the idea of a U22 division, I think what's important is that was with the understanding that that U17 had already been passed through the BCLA and passed through the CLA. Um, when, when, the CL, when the BCLA had not yet passed the U17 division, and I'll, and I'll fast forward from May to where we were two weeks ago, with the BCLA and the senior directorate and the minor directorate meetings. Right. Um, the minor directorate meeting to change U17 into minor directorate, which would be covered for midget, um, was put after our meeting. Right. And so, so just to clear people up on this, Carl, that there is yeah. a policy in, in I don't know what it's called, but it, in in the, what do you call the, the whole, I guess there is a, a what am I trying to say here? There's a, there's a clause a in the BCLA, yeah. Right, where you have to give the voting members an uh, ample window to vote on this, which I believe was 30 or 45 days, and they missed that window. And that is why the entire senior directorate, a unanimous vote, turned around and said, no, no, this not enough time for us to vote on this, and that's why it was pushed to the back burner. And, and now I hear Alberta is, is trying to bring Dwayne Bratton company are trying to bring in the scientific studies and they want to kind of look at all this before they make a decision. So this issue isn't really dead yet. It's just been tabled until next year. Yeah. I would look at it in terms of BC lacrosse. It's tabled for next year. The CLA says that their national championships will be U 17 uh, for midget. 
Um, the other the other thing to think to also look at is that in British Columbia, like we can play under our own rules. Just when we go to a national championship, right. we play under the CLA rules. Yeah. So, and and so, what is the CLA have any inclination on what they think is best or what they want to do, or are they just status quo and this is how it is? Um, we did have a memo come from the box sector chair, Ron McQuarrie, who recommended we wait for the long-term athlete development plan to come out, which comes out in May this year, okay, or May of 21, sorry. Um, and, and a lot of the junior governors were in favor of that because rather than make a change this year and then have to make changes in the future, we think it's important to be making one change so that all the athletes and parents know what's going on. Yeah. So that was really the, pro- the, the process for us that when we did think that U22 would be the option because we were going to lose 17s, and then knowing that the long-term athlete development plan was going to come out in May, we felt it was more important to support 17 to 21s at this time and then see what the long-term athlete development plan is and what the plan is because they could really change it up from novice all the way up through junior. Is there any inkling right now where what where that direction could go and what this study will present to us next summer uh there's rumors about it i, th- I think the one that could probably answer that better would be ron mccory yeah and for me carl like I, again i go back to this like i don't know if any of this would be happening if if covid didn't strike and i know there's people on on both sides of this fence that that think junior should be 22 and think minor should be 17 for me the people that have an invested interest, i.e. a kid either still in minor that wants to get their final year or a kid that's graduating junior and going and they want their kid to have a final. Your opinion to me is moot. Like it doesn't count because you are going off of personal interest and wanting to see your kid have their final year and whatever. So if you're one of those people like your opinion doesn't matter to me. I I don't know what the right answer is here, Carl. But how do we get to it? Well, I, I think conversation and communication is key. I know we've been in communication with uh, Jason Shuttleworth from the Ontario Junior Lacrosse League. Our chairman of the board, Rod Wood, has been in conversation with Jason quite often. So we're aware of what's happening there. I think that what Dwayne Bratt's thinking in Alberta right now is he wants to see the LTAD. And I think that's, yeah. Like, I mean, if it's, if they're doing this study already, then why rush into a decision? Let's see what this study has to say. Let's get some scientific data and then make an informed decision. Yeah. I think it's important to have that information first and to have that data. similarly to when we look at why 17 year olds or players were leaving junior lacrosse, we look at the data and the data at one point skewed towards 17s. And then when we look further, it's skewing more towards the 18, 19, 20 year olds, depending on what stage of life they're in. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. we we need to make sure that we do the study properly, that we represent our players, our teams, our leagues in the best way that we can, and that we participate in this communication and we make sure that we're working together rather than get our digging our heels in and pushing back. So if I'm trying to understand this properly, but you know, to include 22s, are we not endangering then now that we're having more people with older life stages, like think about where you were at in your life at 22 versus where you were at at 18 or 19. Like I have the career that I have now when I was 22, like I was already in broadcasting for a couple of years by the time I was 22 years old. And I've been doing that ever since, but 
you know, you think we'd lose more people if we extend to 22 because now there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be people with babies playing in this league and, you know, having careers. And like, to me, that affects it even more. Is that, is that wrong? No, I think you're right, Brad. And I think the one thing that we're looking at too is the effects that there potentially could be on senior lacrosse if you go to 22. A massive effect, right? Like, and so, to me, so we understand. Like, yeah. yeah, totally, Jake. We understand. Our logic behind 18 to 22 was if we lose seven teams, we need to support these other leagues. We need to make sure that the West Coast Junior League that both Jake and I played in, and, and Brad, I, I think you played in that league. Oh, I did, yeah. Right? Junior, so junior B was my highest level. We don't want to see that league go away. We want to see that league yeah. prosper. So the only way to do that is to build a five-year five, five year league. But we felt, yeah. we felt recently in our last meeting that we had that we had to support 17 to 21 it's what we did. It's what's been traditionally the age group. You get the odd 17 or 18 year old when we had intermediate that played up into junior. Um, and you, you know, 21 was kind of that, it was that maturation. It was that growth that you were, you were advancing to the next level. Yeah. So for us, that was our, our goal was keeping the five-year age group. And it made sense to, to stand firm on 17 to 21. No, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around it now. Cause I'm you know going back in time again, jumping in the time machine. And if I, I was a career junior B guy, right. And if I, if I was 17 and there was 22 year olds on my junior B team, I probably would have been a junior C player. Yeah, like, And then where does your effort fizzle out after that? Right. Then it's just, yeah, to me, 21 still says junior 22 to me. I don't know why, but 22 man, it says adults. Like it's, yeah. It, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I think, I think anything you should be heading in the other direction and looking at a WHL model where you're almost sending guys out at 20. And, and lowering it that way, right? Or, I think that's why we look at the long-term athlete development plan and see yeah, what there you there go. are professionals. We look at the look at these both age groups from different sports sectors that are working on this with us yeah. to make sure that we have the right the right recommendations that come forward. And, and the BC Junior A Lacrosse League will look at those recommendations. And if there's something that we want to get more input on or get more data and information, we're going to ask for that. And I think Jake, you kind of already alluded to this, but the vested interest thing earlier, like we see these numbers saying that I think Ontario released something that said they polled the BC junior players and yeah, 95% of them said they want to stay in junior lacrosse, but yeah, those are the <laughs> best years of your life. Do. If you're playing with your buddies, you're living in your home, like why not? Right. So obviously the players are going to skew it that way, but is that, if that's not the long-term, um, that's not a realistic long-term best interest yeah. of the game, then, then why are we doing it? So, so that was our poll. We pulled the we pulled the players ourselves. Um, we wanted to know how the players felt. But you're right. When we look at the actual data, the metadata inside the data of the age of the people that were saying they wanted to stay in junior, it was the guys that were 21 saying, "Hey, I want one more year of of what I've experienced the last three years or four years." Of course yeah, they do. And exactly. you know what? I I, I would have liked to broadcast a game since March right now too, but I haven't been able to do that. So, like again, I go back to this pandemic. We're all going and dealing with something here, and I yeah. get it. It sucks for the people that are going to miss out on one year or the other. For me, I think this long term athlete assessment is is a huge deal. And what I would love to see is give me 250 impartial lacrosse fans that don't have kids in the game that just love the sport. Get those people to vote and then tell me what that that number is, because I guarantee it's not 95 percent for 22 year olds. 
Yeah, and Jake, we know that we're not going to find be able to find those impartial people who aren't bonded to some team or some player. Wow, well, yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. you're right, mm-hmm. Carl. I know uh, we've kept you here for about 20 minutes. We appreciate your time here on a Monday night. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and I'm sure we'll cross paths here. Let's keep our fingers crossed for a season in 2021. Thanks, guys, and we'll keep you posted on what we're doing at the Junior A League. Keep an eye on our website, our Twitter feed, and our Facebook page as well. You got it. Yeah, thank you, Carl. Appreciate you answering the questions, man. Talk soon. Thanks very much, guys. That was the commissioner of the BC Junior A Lacrosse League. I forgot to ask him where the, the, the commissioner's club is. Like, is there a secret address or, or something that I that I need to know where to where we all meet now? Yeah, Brad? Mr. Mr. New Commissioner of the XLL has been <laughs> pick Carl's brain there. <laughs> Two out of three on the show in the commissioner's club. There you go. All right, that was Carl Christensen. We're going to take a quick break. We're coming back. Quick sticks and something else to wrap up episode 101 you got it right here on the lacrosse flash podcast network the vancouver warriors game at rogers arena sounds like this jones shoots and he scores diving effort from mitch jones nothing's monotone lee and beers go crashing into the crease nothing's boring now we're gonna have a fight it's the captain squaring off and at vancouver warriors games loads up nothing's offside tries a shot and he scores experience it for yourself Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Kylie O'Miller of the WTLL. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. It's fourth quarter time on Lacrosse Classified, episode 101. Jay Kelly, Brad Schoner with you. And you just heard from the Vancouver Warriors, VancouverWarriors.com. Nothing's offside. It, uh, I have to say, Brad, it has not been a great offseason for Big Brother Vancouver Canucks, uh, but I think it's been a great offseason for the Vancouver Warriors, and it started drafting Reed Bowering at number two overall. You can read all about it at VancouverWarriors.com. Hashtag nothing's Offside. They won like an award, I saw as well. The Warriors did for like coolest social media engagement for the whole Biz Nasty thing. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. And another cool thing they were doing this week pleasant surprise when I was up in the Okanagan this weekend, flip on uh, Global TV. There's Dan Richardson on, on uh, I think it was Sunday morning there, which was a nice surprise. But uh, the Vancouver Warriors Academy is, uh, is, right. is, is signing kids up right now, which is really cool. You can get to go on the floor at Rogers Arena and basically do a, a skills camp with Chris Gill, uh, Matt Mitch Beers, Jones. Riley Lowen, Mitch Jones is going to be out there. Do you, you got to be run a kid? The like, can I sign Rogers. up? Can I? Can you I? Gotta I be eight, 18, 18 or younger. I think oh. It's like ten to ten to eighteen. I think is the age limit. Just but missed it. Just missed there's going to be a couple sessions at the LEC, and then the other sessions are going to be on the floor at, at Rogers Arena. Like, how sick is that, man? To be Pretty. able to run out, run out on that turf. Put your gear on in those rooms, run out on the turf, you know, give a, give a cross check to Mitch Jones. Um, you know, chirp, is, is chirp Tyson, Tyson going to be there like hyping up the, the parents? I th- and hey, if they're looking for a broadcaster, I haven't been in the booth in a long time oh either. So I can call, God. I can call the scrimmages if they need to guys, but yeah, like that's such a unique experience. And if kids want information, hit up uh, VancouverWarriors.com. You can sign up for that and uh, it'd be pretty cool. An eight week development camp with some of the greatest minds in the game to, to teach you what's what. Not eligible, but uh, that is pretty cool. 
VancouverWarriors.com or the social media at NLL Warriors, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find them on Facebook as well. And uh, we'll check back in with the Warriors here in the coming weeks uh, moving forward as well. Now time for quick sticks. And, and Brad, uh, I should tell you this as well. Manscaped is on board here at least until the end of the year. But we're going to limit uh, Manscaped to just a couple of times per month. This is not one of those times, even though I just mentioned them anyway. Expect some new swag coming in the mail for, for yours truly as well. So we'll look forward to that. And we'll talk about Manscaped next week. So get a, get a good Manscaped story ready for me if you can, Bradley. But this is quick sticks here in, in what is quarter four today. And what do we got for quick sticks? Uh, oh, right off the top here, big new. We probably should have talked about this right off the top, Brad. But uh, PLPA, the Professional Lacrosse Players Association, has new leadership at the top, congratulations to Zach Courier and Reed Reinhold, who were voted in by the Players Association as the new leadership group of the PLPA. And we're going to have Reed Reinhold on next week. We tried to get him this week, but smartly, Reed and Zach said, you know what? We need to address our, our union. We need to talk with the league before we start doing any kind of social media stuff. So Reed pushed me off for a week, but that's okay. Totally get that, and we'll look forward to that conversation next week. Yeah, I've got more questions, really, than I have anything to say about this. This story's been kind of kept under wraps, and, and for good reason. You know, a lot of the, lot of the leagues, you don't really know what's going on in the, in the players' unions, but we do know that, uh, that Peter Schmitz and Dave Suckamore have been the only president and executive director for, since 1992, mm-hmm. um, and they've only been opposed – as far as running every three years, they've only been opposed like once in that time, yeah. I think, and had yeah. people going up against them. So uh, it's time for it. Changes do. It, it's always, we're always ready for change and always looking for change. And so I want to know sort of why now, like, what are the big issues? I know that Zach and uh, uh, I know that Zach and Reed were both, were both sort of emphasizing uh, a lot of transparency and more protection and benefits for the players and and that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll talk to Reed Reinhold about that yeah. and, and get we'll get more of this story out there because I don't really know what to about it myself. Well, that's that's why we have people on to talk about it, fill us in. Sometimes we don't know either, Brad. So if we don't know, surely our listeners are probably a little less in the, or more in the dark than, than we are. So uh, nothing to take away from Dave and Peter, who I think did a lot of good things over their mm-hmm. their long tenure there, and and you know the and the, for what we're hearing, it was a super close yeah. vote too. So apparently, almost fifty percent of the players agree that they were doing a doing a good job yeah. for them right now as well. Absolutely. So I mean, I don't think they would be where they're at now without them. And and um, but again, like I, I I agree with you. I think there comes a point where some change is needed for whatever reason it is. I think you know status quo sometimes just isn't good enough. So we'll talk to Reed next week about it all. We'll look forward to that conversation. It looks like uh, player representative Chaka Bainbridge is also back in the fold, who was kind of ousted and left a, a bunch of players high and dry. He's back in the mix as well. So we'll talk about all that next week with Reed Reinhold. Uh, speaking of next week, this new league I've, I've come to know and love here, Brad, the Extreme Lacrosse League is going to be holding a draft. Like, have you seen the rosters well, that sorry, these? Do- let's 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 go back for a second. Have you not been anointed the commissioner of the Extreme <laughs> Lacrosse League? How is that not a quick stick? Well, I, what am I going to do? I 
Danny always gets you can mad. Put, you, can put your, you can put yourself on the list. Yeah, Danny gets mad at me when I pat myself on the back on the show. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. But you <laughs> have gotten better. You have gotten better at that over the years. So I'm surprised it did take this she long and I com- had to bring it up. She's completely responsible for that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I have been. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited and, and honored and humbled to – to be named the the commissioner of the Extreme Lacrosse League, and this will be a unique year, unlike any other, with no NLL season happening until at least the new year. This is a chance for for pro guys who haven't picked up their stick since March because there was no summer lacrosse, and guys that weren't playing in the PLL have not played any kind of competitive lacrosse in a long time. So it's going to be four teams, and man, there is a ton of pros signed up here. It's going to be very difficult, not only making these teams even, but selecting all these players. Like, I'm going to have to leave some guys out in the in in the dark here, and some good guys aren't going to make it. But that's just the way it is here in 2020, and that's the way it's going to go. But uh, this is kind of a, a, a big launch for the XLL and, and some high hopes and, and big dreams here moving forward with this league. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, Logan Shaw's uh, bar down Bobby Church. I saw Reed. Uh, yeah, not Connor Reed, Robinson. Reed, I mean, Reed just Bowery, the goalie, the Christian goal- Del Bianco, uh, D- Dobes in there too. Like, yeah, the, just crazy. the goalies alone. Check it out. It's Del Bianco, Shiliano, Penny, uh, Nate Fasine, Bouquet, like uh, Gallant, and I think Gordy Bowden in there as well. So like. Yeah, it's silly. Yeah, it's crazy. And and just it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun and more information on that will be coming out uh, in the coming weeks as well. I think play's gonna get going early November. Um more quick sticks here. Kyle Noble, senior B Timberman. I'm sure you've must have seen Kyle Noble when you out watching your pioneers and out there in Ladner. Kyle was a fixture with the senior B Nanaimo Timberman and and Man, uh, lost his lost his battle just recently, and and I wanted to make sure that that I gave Kyle and his family my condolences and a shout out to the senior to be Timberman and and all that Kyle Noble meant to that team and that franchise. He he let the boys hear it when they weren't playing well. He was their biggest cheerleader when they were playing well, and and you know never missed a game in Nanaimo and started making the trip across the the water when when he got a little bit older as well. So I know for a fact you've seen him in, in the Ladner Leisure Center, but uh, rest in peace to Kyle Noble and, and condolences go out to his family and the senior B Timberman. And, and fantastic support by the Timberman too. Like the whole, pretty much the Great whole organization team came outside the hospital yeah. um, to send some well wishes to Kyle in, in his last moments. And, you know, almost at every organization has a Kyle Noble, like one of those guys that you see, every single time every age level you go to like there's always that guy who's at the rink for every single game and he was one of those guys in that one he's the fans that this game needs and it's been a fantastic outpouring of support from that Nanaimo community who is always quick to band around uh band around their fans and and everything like that yeah. so Sean Swanson just he does it right over there in yeah. Nanaimo and uh, yeah. of course my they care buddy. they care they've yeah. got heart and they care 100 percent um Frontline workers, well, Ron, big thank you to them for their continued battle here as we hopefully near the end of, of COVID here in the coming months, Brad. I, I mean, everybody's kind of looking at January to, to kind of be the turning point here, get this godforsaken year over with in 2020. 
But, man, those frontline workers, the doctors, the nurses, the care aides, the firefighters, the police officers that go out there day after day after day and risk their lives uh, to, to make ours safer. And I know we have a bunch listening to the podcast, and, and I every couple of weeks I, I, I need to make sure I thank these people. Yeah, for sure. And as you said, we're going to be ramping up here into – into a really busy season and holidays are coming up and people are going to be close to their families and people wanting to be close to their families and not, not out there working so hard. So yeah, thoughts, thoughts and prayers and support from myself and my family as well. There you go. A couple more quick sticks here before we get to something else and uh, NLL player business summit. This is the second annual, and and it's more or less just for the players. There's going to be a bunch of different uh, kind of seminars going on here. But by all accounts, the first one a year ago was very, very successful. They're going to do this again. I know uh, our buddy Teddy Jenner is going to be a part of it. But Jessica and Nick are taking part in this. This is this is a I'm, I've actually emailed the league to see if I can just tune in and watch this uh, as a member of the media. Yeah, I know some good stuff came out of it last year. I think that was when the the green fly uh, got launched, which is how players have access to to all of their photos and get photo requests to the National Lacrosse League to share content. It makes it super easy. I know that was a big thing that came out of it last year because these players are the faces. They are the brand. So that it's smart that they get together and the league tapping in um, to their creativity and their resources and their personas to to build this thing because they, they need the players to, to grow the league hundred percent. Yeah. And, and they've told them that, right. They've like, we need you. They're guys. nothing without the players. There you go. Essentially. And the players. Yeah, exactly. Right. Last one here. And now last but not least, uh, check out this account here. I want you to go to Twitter. If you're on Twitter, check out at plane underscore behind at plane underscore behind. I nobody really knew, and we still don't know who this guy is. But I, I slid into his DMs and be like, "Hey, do, like, do we know each other?" Like, I really enjoy his tweets. He's very analytical. Um, he's got some crazy stats. He's been putting up some charts, and and he's just very succinct. And and I think he's a very interesting follow. And many people may not know about him, so I kind of wanted to shine a little spotlight. On play, so I asked him. I'm like, "Do I know you?" And he says, "Well, no." He goes, "I know who you are, but you may know me. But I'm a former junior A player, and and I have aspirations to to kind of get into the executive of the NLL. And I don't want to be too critical or harsh on some guys that I played with or against or may play against. So he's kind of keeping his anonymity, if if that's the right word. Um, but I think he's a real interesting fall. So I wanted to bring this guy up. Yeah, for sure. He was a monster for show prep for broadcast last year. And if you go to his, if you go to the page right now at uh, playing underscore from behind, he's breaking down time on floor chart for defensive uh, units. Interesting stuff, yeah, yeah, right? It's crazy to show the guys who are at the top, guys who were doing okay and then dropped off, or guys who got kind of promoted with with PK time and floor time throughout the season. Um, he had a great one uh, a few months ago breaking down where everybody's uh, offensive assists came from. So say you're Mark Matthews, it would, it was a distribution chart showing, mm. okay, let's say he had 13 assists to Robert church and 12 assists to Ben McIntosh. And then conversely, you know, if Matthews scored 30 goals, he had seven assists from church and 10 from Benny Mack. So you know, sort of what the big one, two punches are on opposite sides of the floor on the same side of the floor, you know what the best two man games are in the league. 
um, some really, really cool stuff. So yeah, a great follow for sure. I'm glad you're, you're glad you're bringing him up. Yeah, there you go. Uh, last one, of course, got to mention this. We mentioned it with Ryan, but uh, Lacrosse Flash Team Store. And still pumping out the content are the boys at the Flash, Greg War and, and Owens and Tyson and everybody there, Mackie or Mackay, if, if you prefer that, uh, Brad. But check out Lacrosse Flash Team Store, Lacrosse Classified T-shirts. And uh, actually talked to Colleen Grimes over the weekend, and uh, we're going to try and get some hats up on there. I don't know if we're going to get a snapback flat brim for you or not, Brad, but uh, we're going to try and get some hats <laughs> up on the website as well, so check that out. Lots of cool merch for your purchasing pleasure. Christmas right around the corner. Check it out. I think that's it for Quick Sticks, which means it's time for something else. Let's begin. All right now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Let's try something else. Hi, Jake and Bradley. It's Jim Els here. It's time for something else, a predictable one on Thanksgiving. Uh, give some thanks today. I want to give thanks to um, a couple of people uh, out there in the lacrosse world that make a difference, and they don't always get thanks. And uh, one of them, Colleen Grimes, Mimico, Ontario Lacrosse, you name it. She's a part of lacrosse. She does a great job, whether you know it or not. The visuals and graphics and, uh, and things you see have her fingerprint on it, to be honest with you. Unreal job that she does, and I'm a big fan. Ty Marrow of uh, the Georgia Swarm, another person that just does real quiet, competent work, and and just just gets up and uh, and works every day. And you wouldn't know it, but you know, again, he's one of those guys that just has an absolute uh, lockdown on what he's doing and where his focus is, and does a really good job. So Ty and Colleen, just want to give thanks for you guys just doing your doing your normal old thing. Uh, other than that, uh, I just want to give a, a thanks to the rest of the content providers around in the NLL for keeping things in- interesting. You know, it's, it's a hard time right now, but uh, there's always seems to be some kind of a story coming out, uh, whether it's from the NLL or for from the Flash uh, Media Group or, you know, from wherever. I just want to give thanks to that. Um, makes my boring little existence over in Vancouver Island a little bit more tolerable. Thanksgiving uh, is here. It's uh, turkey time. Thanks to everybody that uh, makes my life a little bit better and uh, and everybody take care and enjoy yourselves and really give thanks to what uh, what's important in life um, and that, that's the people around you. Uh, good times. Ciao. Well, there he is once again. It's a positive jimmer on lacrosse class. I'm waiting for somebody just to do something really stupid. And, and then Jim just to go off on that person. It kind of happened on Twitter today with uh, one Garrett Apple tweeting out something completely stupid. Um, so F minus to Garrett Apple, but positive Jimmer once again, presented, of course, by G. Wilson Construction, GWilsonConstruction.com, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. You know the deal. If you're looking for work, upload your resume at GWilsonConstruction.com. Start your career in construction now. Um, Jim, just giving thanks uh, to some people, Colleen Grimes, Ty Marrow, the the content cowboys, and uh, you, myself, just people keeping him entertained while COVID takes over. I'm still waiting for the week where he absolutely tees off. Yeah. But I guess... It's Thanksgiving, so why not? Let's just let's it's, it's hashtag positive gym right now. Maybe when we get back into game action, and you know, someone just gives it a really ugly yeah. cross check to the teeth of somebody, or there's a bad fight, and 
he needs to tee off about something. But until now, we'll we'll take nice Jim. Yeah. And I uh, appreciate everything he says. And the game, the game, and we are thankful that that he he has the voice that he does, and that uh, we're happy to have him on the show every week. Yeah, and like I mentioned, Indigenous Peoples Day. It's it's not all uh, fun and games here on Thanksgiving. And although I'm very thankful for my health and my family, and and or having a roof over my head and and food in my fridge. Um, the, what I am most thankful for on, on this Thanksgiving is, is for the creator and, and the indigenous people gifting us the game of lacrosse and read your history. Um, it goes way back and I don't want to give everybody a history lesson here on Lax class, but, uh, you know, Squanto and the pilgrims teaching them how to farm, giving thanks for their harvest, but a lot of dark days go along with Thanksgiving and the indigenous people, a lot of genocide and women and children being taken off their land and people were killed. So although it's a day for us to kind of give thanks for everything that we have in our life and be with our families and eat some turkey and have a day off, it's also a pretty dark day in indigenous history. And I think something that needs to be acknowledged and, and people and when and kids, when they come up through school, they kind of learn this kind of fantasy thing about how the indigenous and, and the pilgrims met and they had this great feast. That's not really how things played out uh, way back then. So look it up, educate yourself and, and just kind of know what what you're talking about when when you're talking about Thanksgiving. And, and please do not utter those words to any First Nations people, because they do not look at that day the way that we do and and. I just want to say thank you for lacrosse and happy Indigenous Peoples Day here uh, on Lacrosse Classified. Well said, brother. Well said. And I just want to add thank you to lacrosse. And as you mentioned, like we don't learn, you don't learn this stuff in in the history books. You don't learn this stuff in school. And I think for if I'm speaking from my own experience, and which is probably the experience of a lot of people listening to this. Um, you know, lacrosse opened my eyes and probably your eyes to all of these, these issues by, by learning about the game and then following people like Lyle Thompson and Cody Jamison, who then educate us. So thank you to this sport for not only what it does for our body by making us physically healthy and active and the way that holding a stick feeds my soul but what this game does when you search back through the history and learn about the players, hence learn about their cultures and going back generations, this game is also good for your, your mind and your heart to learn these stories and then to correct any wrongdoings of the past or to share these stories with your family. So people don't go anything through, through that again. So yeah, my thank you to this sport for, for coming into our lives and, and educating us. And uh, I hope other people are experiencing the same thing that, that you and I have both experienced through this game. Word up to that. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, Brad, the medicine, that's what it's all about. And and these players, always, they, they, they want to try. They want to try and help us understand. And they just want to be respected and treated as equals. And I don't think that's too big of an ask for the people that gifted us the greatest game of all in lacrosse that is going to wrap up episode 101 big thanks to ryan mcmichael and carl christensen for stopping by the podcast to our sponsors of course for their continued support stampede tack vancouver warriors associated labels and packaging g wilson construction 
and Manscaped as well. And to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single week. We'll be back next Tuesday right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. In the meantime, give us a follow on social media at Brad Chell. I'm at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on Instagram and subscribe. Smash it! Wherever you listen to your podcast, hit that subscribe button. It gets delivered straight to your phone every single week. For Brad Chellner, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the creator and the fastest game on two feet, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.